thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. And so we are continuing our series, Have We Got News For You? And this year has been so full of news in so many ways. News has almost been like our lifeline, whether it be good news, bad news, surprise news, indifferent news, unsurprising news, or good news. And in this series, we are wanting to look at what it means to be people of good news. And especially in this week, leading up to Easter, what does it mean to be people who have good news in our lives? And so the question that we're looking at today is this, is is there good news that we can share? And the answer, of course, is yes. And so please don't press pause, don't switch off. We haven't yet answered the question. It's not dealt with. We want to look at how do we share good news in this season, particularly on this week leading up to Easter. Last week, Leon did an amazing job talking about, is there good news in the pain of loss? And if you haven't already seen that, I would really recommend you going and checking that out. And during that talk, one of the things that he looked at is that we as humans are drawn to bad news. If there is bad news, we want to read it and we want to know about it. However, this week, I am also here to tell you that there is evidence that if it's um, shareable news, if it's news that we share, then we are much more likely to share good news than any other sort of news. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Whole social media platforms have been built on the fact that we love to share good news. If something impacts us positively, we want to share it with someone we know. And if you think about maybe YouTube and like, share or subscribe, or maybe sharing Facebook videos, or you think through TikTok, the premise is that when we encounter something good, we want to share it. And that's the point, that we share things with others that bring us joy and hope. We share things that matter to us. We share things that are good news to us with people that we know. Things that matter with people that matter. But I have to acknowledge really early on that I'm aware that sharing doesn't always go to plan. Um, I, uh, I am someone who loves shared experiences. If I experience something good, I want to share it with you. If I go to a great restaurant, I want to go there with you. If I find a great, great walk, I want to take you on it. If I read a great book, I want to tell you about it. I love shared experiences. And when uh, my husband, Andy, and I uh, got together, uh, I thought, what better way to help him get to know me than a shared experience of something that I love. Uh, and I love the National Trust. I really do. Uh, I grew up in leafy Warwickshire with my mum and my dad. And what we used to do is we would go and look around National Trust houses together. And as Andy and I started going out, I thought, this, this is our shared experience. He can come and find as much joy in this moment as I do. And so we set out as a family, Andy, myself, my mum and my dad, and we went and looked around a National Trust house. We looked around the gardens. We looked around the beautiful rooms. And um, let's just say that sharing good news in that moment didn't go quite as I thought. Uh, as we began to look round, I kind of got the impression that Andy wasn't quite as appreciative as he probably should have been in those moments. He started kind of muttering and murmuring. His murmurs became actual full-on moan. <laughs> boring. And then it really hit its worst moment when we went into the drawing room of this beautiful National Trust House. It was peaceful and serene. I'm imagining him in a period drama. And the Wonderful people at the National Trust had left a piano open for guests to play in the dining room. Now, my husband is talented in so many ways. 
musicality is not one of them. And so he decided to go up to this piano and begin to express his emotions about having to share this experience with me. And he just starts hammering these keys of this piano, like, bam, bam, bam. It was horrendous. I was embarrassed. It disturbed everybody. Everyone was staring. Andy was having the time of his life. But I realized in that moment that shared experiences and sharing what you consider to be good news with someone who you care about doesn't always go to plan. And I have to be honest with you, that moment put me off sharing that particular experience with my husband forever. I have never taken him to a National Trust since. And now I have other people that I go to National Trusts with. A bad experience can stop you wanting to share. And it may well be that today you are thinking about this idea of sharing good news and actually you've had a bad experience. It might be that maybe you're fearful or perhaps you feel inexperienced in, in sharing whatever this good news is. Um, it might be that in this season it's just been really, really difficult for you. Or maybe you're watching this today and you're not a follower of Jesus. You're not someone who's a Christian and you're kind of sat there going, why do you guys keep talking about what you believe all the time? Well, Today, I want to give you like a backstage pass. You get to sit and chill and observe. But I hope maybe today might give you a bit of understanding as to why it is that followers of Jesus want to share good news. And so we are going to go through three, I guess, core principles of uh, what it might mean to share good news in this season. And the first of those is these, that we are called to be filled with the good news. And as we uh, spend time together today, um, I'm, I guess I'm wanting to like build my teaching point as we go through. It's the kind of like a Build-A-Bear workshop equivalent of a teaching point. And so the first point is this, the first bit of it is this, is that sharing good news means that we are filled with the good news. You see, you can't share what hasn't impacted you. You can't share what you haven't experienced. You can't pass on to others what you don't have. And so you, as a follower of Jesus, being filled with the good news is super important. As we've thought through this series of good news, I wonder what you think about when we talk about good news. You see, so often we think about good news as maybe a concept or a philosophy, or the right combination of words kind of put together in an understandable way. The good news isn't just a concept. The good news is a person. And today, as we spend some time together, uh, I want to look at a story in the Bible, which, if you have heard me speak at Life Central Church before, you may well have heard me speak on this story before. And so I apologize to you, but I couldn't not use this. Uh, and so we're going to go to John 4 together, and we're going to look at the story of the woman at the well. It's a story that I love. And uh, in this story, you see Jesus uh, turn up in Samaria and he turns up there with like his disciples who are kind of like his gang, uh, not an actual gang, they're more like a friendship gang. Uh, they're not, they weren't like, anyway, moving on. And these guys are hungry, so they go off and get lunch and leave Jesus sat at this well having a conversation with a woman in the middle of the day. And Jesus speaks with this woman and they talk about faith and life and, and what's been going on with her and they talk about spirituality and all this stuff and you see this woman have an encounter with the good news, where the good news is no longer a concept, but it's a living, breathing thing, person in front of her. And you see when this moment happens. So uh, in John 4 verses 25 to 27, it says this. The woman said to him, 
I know that the Messiah will come and when he comes, he will tell us everything. Jesus answered, I am he, I who am talking with you. At that moment, Jesus' disciples returned. Now, I don't know whether you've been in like a really significant conversation with someone and someone just walks in the room at the wrong moment and you're like, guys, this was about to kick off then. Why did you come back now? But I feel like this was that kind of moment with Jesus. You see, what had happened is that this lady had talked about the fact they were waiting for a Messiah. She understood the concept of the good news. The Jewish people were waiting for a Messiah, for somebody to come, for God to send someone who was going to set God's people free, who was going to free them from oppression and from bondage, who was going to restore God's people back to himself and restore like God's rule to this earth. They were expecting that but no one was expecting Jesus. And so in that moment, when she talks about the concept of the good news, she finally meets the good news. The good news is no longer this idea, but it has a pulse. It has a heartbeat. It has intentions. It is active, moving, living in the person of Jesus. And she is filled with this encounter of Jesus. You know, when the good news really impacts you, you cannot help but share it. This is not a concept that you necessarily intellectually think through this, although that is important, but this is a response of the heart to the person of Jesus. And I wonder, in a, a year that has been complicated, what has been left of your encounter with Jesus? In a year where we haven't been able to gather corporately and maybe haven't been able to sing together. In a year where no one's been able to physically pray over you or physically sit with you and pray for you. In a year where your spiritual walk has depended on your own motivation and self-discipline, what has been left of your encounter with Jesus? I wonder whether some of us need to be filled again today, not just with a concept, but with an encounter with a person. However, we cannot stay just being filled. And so my second point is that we are called to flow with the good news. And so as we kind of build this teaching point as we go along, the next part of the teaching point is this, is that sharing the good news means that we are filled so that we might flow with the good news. I'll say that again. Sharing good news means that we are filled in order that we might flow with the good news. In this story in John 4, uh, there's this like mad conversation right at the beginning where Jesus talks to the woman about water and types of water and wells. And obviously they're sat by a well, but there is a point in this conversation. So I just want to, I just want to read that to you. And this is a few verses, so bear with me. They'll be up on the screen, but I'll read you through. Uh, this is John 4 verses 10 to 14. Jesus answered, If you only knew what God gives and who it is that's asking you for a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. So the woman said, You don't have a bucket and the well's deep. Where would you get that living water? It was our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and he and his children and his flocks all drank from it. You don't claim to be greater than Jacob, do you? Jesus answered, those who drink this water will get thirsty again, but those who drink the water that I give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in them a spring, which will provide them with life-giving water and give them eternal life. 
In this conversation, Jesus is talking about wells because they're sat by a well. And uh, again, forgive me if you've heard me talk about this before, but uh, there were two types of well at the time. There were cistern wells and there were living water wells. And uh, the the cistern wells were basically a hole that was dug in the ground. When it rained, the, the cistern filled up. But the water would sit there still, and the water would sit there stagnant. And when things got tough and it got hot, that water would dry up because it didn't have a source running into it. However, what you wanted was a living water well because there was a stream underneath the well, so it would have a constant stream of water, would constantly be fresh. And in this, I, I very much believe that Jesus was talking about himself. However, I do wonder whether he talked about and illustrated what he wanted demonstrated. That he didn't want us to have a faith that acts like a cistern and our faith just sits there and becomes stagnant. But this is a faith. This is good news that should flow from us. And uh, and the interesting thing is, is that I find that when I share good news, when good news flows from me, actually that is the very thing that fills me. And you see this in this story with this lady. So In verses 28 and 29, it says this. Then the woman left her water jar after she'd had this encounter with Jesus. She left her water jar, went back to the town and said to the people there, come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done. Could he be the Messiah? So they left the town and they went to Jesus. You know, we are not called to have a faith that is stagnant, but we are called to have a faith that is living and is flowing. And what I love about this woman is that uh, her and Jesus had already spoken. We know that her life was messy. She was like at the bottom of the social rung. She had a whole lot going on. But she didn't wait to be someone that flowed with the good news. She flowed wherever she was at. And this has been, I know we've said it a few times this morning, this has been a tough season for so many people. Really difficult. But I wonder whether in that time some of us have become cisterns rather than streams. And even as I stand here and I talk to you, there are so many people who I really care about going through deeply painful situations. And so many people in places where they would maybe say, I couldn't even begin to think about sharing good news with anyone right now. I'm just making it through. I would say two things. Firstly, in Life Central Youth, we have a phrase that we use, which is you don't need to know everything in order to share something of the good news of Jesus. And so things don't need to be fixed before you move. However, I would also say this, because I know things are difficult for so many people. You might not feel that you can share like the whole good news with someone, but could you let someone who doesn't know Jesus journey with you in where you're at right now and just show them what Jesus is doing in you? And the reason I ask so much from you in that is because there are people that are going through exactly the same thing as you are, but they don't have Jesus. This is an unusual season. In my lifetime, I have never been so aware that humanity feels fragile. For the first time, we as humans are aware that we are not God. We are vulnerable. There is more to life than this and us. People are asking questions. But this season will only last for a while. And so will you make yourself available to answer questions, to share good news while we have the opportunity? 
you know, I um, said at the beginning that I love, I love shared experiences, and I do. Um, but if you are watching uh, the, the pre-service and you're watching this live, uh, there was a conversation that began to happen there, which I feel like I need to contribute to, because one thing that I do not love to share is food. Like, I am fully with you if you are in that camp, and you will see my husband say the same thing, we don't share food. However, if anything, we've kind of accidentally gone to the other end of the scale. Um, not only do we not share food, we've managed to be a household who can just single-handedly make their way through a share pack themselves. And I would love to tell you this is a lockdown thing. It's not. We've always been like it. And if you're watching this live and you want to comment in the chat, like, what's your share pack that you can just make your way through, no trouble? Um, for my husband, Andy, Chili heat weight of Doritos. I'm lucky if I get a look in. If he opens one of those bags, he will eat the whole thing. For me, my particular weaknesses are pick and mix, Skittles, like Skittles only come in share packs in my mind. And uh, the other thing is these, Jaffa cakes. I absolutely love, like I, can, I could demolish this, absolutely, like just no problem, I can make my way through. Um, and the reason that I tell you that is this, when you choose to follow Jesus, what happens is you give all of you to Jesus. And in return, he gives you this like spiritual sharer pack. He gives you a life full of hope and love and healing, full of forgiveness and purpose and grace and eternal life and joy. And so much more is handed to you in this sharer pack. But for many of us, we do what I do with a box of Jaffa cakes. We just sit there and make our way through our box all on our own. And the problem with that is this. You see, you will know people in your life who are maybe um, from work or maybe a part of your family or friends, maybe part of a sports club or, or people who, who you just spend time with or bump into at the school gates. And you have this spiritual sharer pack. But these people who are like queued up in your life they are spiritually starving. Maybe some of them are crippled by mental health and need to know the peace of Jesus. Maybe some people have lost their jobs recently and need to be reassured there is a plan and a purpose for their life. Maybe some people are consumed by anger and need to know forgiveness for themselves and for other people. Maybe for some people, they um, have never had a father that loves them and need to know a father that says you are loved no matter what. You have these things in your spiritual share pack. And yet we sit there just making our way through our Jaffa cakes while the people in this queue of our life are spiritually starving. I know this is intense. <laughs> I know this is a lot. But do you know, you didn't step into a relationship with Jesus and become a Christian so that you could tick a box and get eternal life yourself and just sit off having a nice time. If that were the point, then the moment you chose to follow Jesus, you would have teleported up and into heaven to be with Jesus forever. But God has left you exactly where you are because he wants you to share good news with people around you. And this is a mission the size of eternity. There will be people watching this who maybe aren't followers of Jesus, who aren't Christians. And you could be sat there now, like rolling your eyes, kind of going, do you know what? I, I don't want any of your Jaffa cakes. I don't even like Jaffa cakes. I am not interested. And uh, okay, I get that. But I want to explain something to you. If I care about you, 
then I want to give you the very best of me. And there's a friend of mine that said, and I would agree, that Jesus is the best of me. Any forgiveness or kindness or grace or compassion or generosity in me is there because I know Jesus. And so I want to tell you about Jesus. Now, hear me out. I don't want to bully you. I don't want to like manipulate you or brainwash you or pester you. In fact, in the Bible, it says that we should share good news with gentleness and respect. But what I do want to do is give you an informed opportunity for you to make a decision for yourself about the good news of Jesus. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, sharing good news means that we are filled in order that we might flow with good news. Our final point. The third thing I think that we need to know as we look at sharing faith in this season is that we are called to facilitate the good news. And so we're landing with our final teaching point. We've built it, we've put it together. Here it is. The the teaching point that I'm wanting to talk about today is this. Sharing the good news means that we are filled in order that we might flow and facilitate a direct experience of Jesus. Uh, When I read this story in John 4 this time around, there was something that knocked me off my feet. And it was in, not literally, I I was sat down at the time, but uh, I read from John 4 verses 41 and 42. It says this, uh, yeah, take, take a listen to this. Many more believed because of his message, and they told the woman, we believe now not because of what you said, but because we ourselves have heard him, and we know that he really is the saviour of the world. You know, this isn't just about telling people about Jesus. This is about helping people to directly experience the person of the good news. And this is something I can be quite bad at, because the ultimate question is this, can I get out of the way of Jesus? Can I get out of the way? And remember that it's not me that changes anybody's life, it's Jesus that transforms hearts. You see, really what I'm asking is, can I help you meet Jesus? Can I bring you into his presence? And that might be through um, praying for somebody directly, praying for peace, praying for healing, maybe giving a prophetic word, sharing a scripture, sharing a word of knowledge, bringing someone directly into the presence of Jesus. And if I'm really honest, sometimes I get a little bit nervous that Jesus won't show up in those moments. But as I look at this story in John 4, What I love about it is that Jesus deliberately sticks around at the well. You see, this woman runs off into the village and tells all her mates, come and meet this guy. Jesus waits at the well for her to come back to bring those people to him and then sticks around for two more days because he wants to encounter them. Jesus wants to encounter people who don't know him. And so will I help and be available in facilitating those experiences? A little uh, while ago, a couple of weeks ago, when Andy spoke, he said um, that there's a funny thing that happens, and it's my experience too, that often when I pray for people who don't know Jesus, that's when Jesus turns up most. And you know, if I'm going to be like super honest with you, (laughs) sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget to get out of the way. And sometimes I bottle it. Sometimes I'm too scared. And it's maybe that I lack confidence in myself, I think sometimes I lack confidence in Jesus. But the incredible thing about Jesus 
is that he doesn't need much from me to do something incredible. And so sometimes all I need is five minutes of outrageous bravery. And if you've been around Life Central for a while, we've talked about this before. I want to share with you two very quick stories to show you what I mean. Um, the first one, I was in a cafe uh, a while ago now when we could, you know, be in cafes. And uh, I was having breakfast. I was with some friends. And this uh, waiter came over and kept talking about this pain that he had in his back. And um, he just kept mentioning it. And I thought, I wonder whether God wants me to pray for this guy and God's going to heal him. I just wonder. And so I was super nervous the whole time I was having breakfast and I was trying to think, okay, how do I not appear weird? And um, we paid and went to leave. And as we went to leave, I just dipped back in the cafe, uh, got this guy uh, out of earshot of anyone else and just said, hey, um, you kept mentioning that you've got back pain. Uh, some, when I've prayed for people before, um, they've been healed. And I just wondered whether I could pray for your back. And do you know in that moment, the guy just said no. He didn't even look at me twice. He just went, no, and turned around and walked off. I was like, oh, okay then. <laughs> but I did what Jesus asked me to do. I presented him with an opportunity to encounter Jesus. What that guy chose to do with that is his choice. There was another time, and I am a little embarrassed to tell you this story, but I decided to be completely transparent. A little while ago, we were, oh, a long time ago, actually, we were doing a beach mission with some young people. And we spent the morning teaching them about evangelism and telling people about Jesus, sharing good news, and that Jesus wants to heal people. And in the afternoon, we went out onto the beach and um, this, this young person came up to me and went, I found this guy, he's in the sea. His knee's been damaged for ages and he wants us to pray for healing. Will you come and pray with me? And I looked around and was like, who else is available? Like, is anyone else free? Because I don't feel that confident right now. I couldn't find anyone. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So we tootled off and went and prayed for this guy. And um, again, I'm going to be totally transparent. I prayed for him. And the words of my prayer were, um, and I knew Jesus could do this. But the words of my prayer were uh, something like, okay, God, heal him now. If you don't heal him now... I pray that when he wakes up in the morning, his knee will be totally healed. Uh, amen. And the reason, if I'm honest, that I did that was because the chances were I was never going to see this guy again. And so if it didn't actually work, I wouldn't have to answer that. So uh, I thought I got away scot-free. Anyway, the next day, I'm on the beach and this guy runs up to me and he's like, my knee has been healed. My knee's been completely healed. And do you know, in that moment, in that moment, Something incredible hit me. I realized that I didn't need to give Jesus much in order for him to do something incredible through me. It may be in this season you don't really feel like you have a lot. But Jesus doesn't need a lot to do something amazing. You see, this message of good news. It's not just good news that people can hear. This is good news that people can know and encounter and experience. And I wonder what you expect God to do through you in this season. And I know that we can't be with people much but even online, I have seen people healed over Zoom. I have seen people come to know Jesus for the first time over Zoom. People be filled with the, the Holy Spirit and be weeping in front of their computers. I was in a conversation this week where someone said, the Holy Spirit may be the only person who isn't confused by Zoom. 
And so what do you expect God to do through you? Because you don't need to give Jesus much in order for him to do something completely incredible. The bottom line is this, that we share good news and we need to share in order that we might flow and be filled so that we can facilitate a direct experience of Jesus. If you're watching this and you are a human, then you were created for relationship with Jesus. And the moment that you said yes to Jesus, you were invited into and mandated with a partnership, a partnership with God in taking this world somewhere, a mission the size of eternity. And, you know, we talk about sharing links and sharing faith and inviting people to kind of view stuff. And that's great. But don't let whoever's at the other end of a camera or whoever's on a stage be the first person to tell your friends about Jesus. Somebody else could pray for your friends to be healed and then be healed and that'd be incredible. But why would you forfeit your part in their story? This is what Jesus planned for you. And so, the main teaching point The bottom line that we are building today is that we share good news. And sharing good news means that we are filled in order that we might flow and facilitate a direct experience of Jesus. And so this morning, it might be that you need to be filled again. That maybe uh, in this, this last year, your faith has turned from a stream to a cistern and you need an encounter of the with the person of the good news again today. Or maybe we have become aware that we don't flow with the good news in the way that we used to. And it is that system situation. And today we need to say to Jesus, help me to flow with good news again. Help me to be someone who shares good news. And if you're in a really difficult situation, maybe you just take someone with you on your story. But maybe for some of us, we could put our brave pants on. And we could have five seconds of outrageous bravery and look at what it might mean to facilitate a direct experience of Jesus with somebody who doesn't know him. And at the very least, in this week, as we lead up to the Easter weekend, the weekend that is the good news, maybe you could invite someone to come onto Alpha with you. And I think that the link is on the screen right now. And it may be that if you could just text your name and get your friend to text their name to this, to this, uh, to 60777, then you guys could come and do Alpha together. And in the lead up to Easter and inviting them to the Easter service, this is something you could do with them. But please, don't let whoever is your Alpha group leader be the person to tell your friends about Jesus. Don't forfeit your part in their story. And so, is there good news that we can share? Yes, but will you be available to share it? I'm gonna pray. Jesus, uh, wherever we are at today, wherever we're at with sharing your good news, God, would the good news of Jesus not just be a concept to us, but Jesus, Would you be good news to us? Would you fill us that we might flow with who you are? 
but we might facilitate other people meeting you and we might get out of the way and let you do what you do best, which is change hearts and lives. Would you help us to be available to you today? Amen.